Pastor. Thank you. I had this moment of terror sitting there that it would turn my mic on just a little bit too early and you'd all hear me singing along with the band. Um, can we give it up for the band one more time though? These guys. Wow. Speaking of service and excellent service, I love these guys and gals and uh, what they offer us on Monday is just wonderful. So, I've been thinking about service and, and there's this verse that I, that I love and a story that I love in the scriptures. It's Jesus' interaction with the woman at the well. Now, there's all kinds, a whole feast of things that a literature geek like me can do in that kind of scenario. But there's one phrase, this initial command of Christ to the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman at the well that has just captured my imagination over the last few weeks as I've been kind of thinking and preparing, what what do I say here for service chapel? His first command to her is this, very simply, give me a drink. I'm going to come back to that. But let me tell you a little story about this fall. I had the chance to lead the Around the World semester students. I see some of them here. On an Around the World adventure of service and study. And our first country of 14 was China. And in China, we got to serve with an amazing organization that cares for children with special needs. The founder of the organization, a man of incredible courage, had been teaching English in China for many years, and he realized that children with special needs were not being cared for. Actually, there's a very horrific stigma in China that results in a lot of these children with special needs being kept in closets and back rooms. And so this man, this founder of this organization, raised up a team of what I like to call talent scouts. That's not his term, but it just seems like that to me. They seem like major league baseball talent scouts that he sends all across the country looking for these young people with special needs. He recruits them to his special training facility. Again, that's my term, but I think it's a good one to describe what happens because these, these children are invited to this very special training facility where they receive world-class, I, I, I exaggerate not, world-class care from medical surgeries that some require to special trainings to an education. It's wonderful and very, very inspiring. Well, we arrived on the campus, all 40 of us, and it was already wonderful to be invited there to help them do some major renovations in preparation for a whole new wave of children. It was already enough of an honor to be invited there, but then when we got there, the director of the facility basically handed me the keys to the facility, this giant 15, 20-acre facility. And he said, we're depending upon you and your team to do a lot of heavy lifting this next two weeks. I want you to feel welcomed. I want you to feel invited. I want you to feel as though this is your place, your house. This was a wonderful feeling to have. And our our team felt very welcomed and reminded, actually, on a daily basis, how much they appreciated our work. Now, I want to equate that in some ways to this calling we have in Christ. Christ himself has called us into service. Christ himself, the master of the house. As we serve together tomorrow, and really, you know, for the rest of the semester even, I want us to have confidence that God has called us to service. In just the same way that we felt this welcome and this confidence and this invitation from our friends in China, 
how much greater, how much greater that welcome and how much greater that confidence we must have because God himself has called us into service. This is a wonderful fact that we can take confidence in. All right, so back to the story of the woman at the well. In this story, there's all kinds of wonderful tensions. Once again, as a lit guy, I'm seeing here, I'm seeing the insider-outsider tension. I'm seeing the male-female. I'm seeing the Jew-Samaritan, obviously. I'm seeing the pure versus impure. I'm seeing the sinful versus the righteous. And there are many more. But this one phrase, give me a drink, somewhat unexpected. Even the woman herself is shocked. I picture her not even wanting to look at the man that she's coming upon at the well, right? She's there in the hot of the day, or the heat of the day, most likely to avoid the scrutiny of her peers and so forth. And I picture her, this is, this is the Norton version, I picture her kind of walking up this way, right? There's Jesus kind of giving her, doing this deal, not, not seeing you at the well, man. I'm going to get my water, I'm going to get back to what I'm doing. And he breaks into her, into her whatever she's doing. She, he breaks into her shame, if you will. And says, give me a drink. Again, you know that, that story. She says, why would you, a Jew, ask me, a Samaritan, for a cup of water? And they have this really interesting cross-cultural exchange with so many rich metaphors and all kinds of stuff that I can't go into right now. But what is in this command? What is in this command is a profound love and care. A profound love and care for a sinful, broken woman. As he calls her to serve the living God. She isn't aware, no, of the gravity of his invitation at first. But over the course of the interaction, it's made very clear. And Jesus really changes her life in this interaction. We, we find ourselves, I know that I can see myself in this interaction. And I think it's very important, again, on the eve of service day, to consider this. You and I called by Christ, by the living God, to serve him as we serve one another. Romans 5 makes it very clear that while we're yet sinners, enemies to God, broken, enemies to his purpose and really unaware of his calling on our life at all, in that moment he gave his life for us. While we were his enemies, hateful to all that he loves, hateful, To all that he loves, Christ suffered and died for us. Christ's death and resurrection pays the price for our sin. And now, by grace through faith, we receive forgiveness. We receive salvation. We receive friendship with God Almighty. But that's not all. And I don't know what that's called. There's something about the understatement, perhaps, I might use in my classes. Understatement. But that's not all. We have the gift of eternal life, but that's not all. Uh, you with me on this? Okay. Yes. As friends of God, he doesn't stop there. He continues to call us into action as his friends. He calls us to co-labor with him. We are called to join our heavenly father in the greatest rescue operation in the history of mankind. You and I like the broken and shamed woman at the well, are not fit for service on our own. But God declares us so in Christ. We can and must take confidence in that call on our lives. His words to the woman of the well are his words to you and I. Give me a drink. Come follow me. We can serve one another 
and love one another in confidence, knowing we have an invitation from the master of the house. I love what Ephesians 2.10 says. It really kind of sums it up in some ways. We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You've been created in a way, and God has created works for you to walk into, even tomorrow. The simple, I'm going to be stacking cans on a shelf, I think, tomorrow. But this is work that God has created for us to walk into for a great purpose that we really probably won't be able to see until the end of time. May we serve with confidence. May we serve knowing that God loves us, that Christ Jesus has given his life for us, that God himself has prepared good works for us to do. Amen? Amen.